Welcome to New Mercies, a podcast by Mercy Ships, where we'll take you behind the scenes and onboard our incredible hospital ships that are transforming lives all over the world. We invite you to join us each week as we sit down with our crew, patients, volunteers, and partners to hear their stories of life-changing hope and healing. On today's episode, I sat down with a mom who recently sailed into Dakar, Senegal with her husband and three children. After many delays due to COVID, they have finally arrived to volunteer for two years with Mercy Ships. This incredible woman will encourage you and inspire you to trust God through all circumstances as she shares her story of getting on board. So Andrea, welcome to the New Mercies podcast. You know, I've interviewed several people who have served for a couple years on board the ship, but I mm-hmm. thought it'd be fun to talk to somebody who's brand new. So yeah. you and your family are currently on board the Africa Mercy, mm-hmm. and you are just starting in some ways your Mercy Ships mm-hmm. journey. But why don't you tell us what prompted your family to join Mercy Ships in the first place? Yeah. So while we are brand new, I am actually an alumni, but it was a long time ago. (laughs) I served on the Anastasis uh, in 2004. So it was a short-term service. And uh, when I left, I did not think that I was coming back anytime soon. I really felt like that was that season and then that was over. But fast forward 18 years, I guess now, mm-hmm. my husband and I were really trying to find a way that my family and I could serve together. Um, we had done short-term missions uh, separately and my husband went on a mission trip with my oldest daughter. We were really just having trouble finding some place where we could be together and serve. Uh, we didn't want to be in the middle of nowhere where our mm-hmm. kids didn't have any friends. Um, but we wanted to find some way that we could serve and that they could see us serving. And uh, February 2020, I got an email from Mercy Ships that uh, announced the Global Mercy. And I honestly had not heard from Mercy Ships since, since 2016 as I was looking back on how it came to be. And I remembered all of a sudden it clicked in my mind that there were families on board when I was there, you know, and you're 19, you don't really see children the way you do as an adult, you know? And so um, I thought, well, I am a nurse practitioner, so I could definitely serve on mercy ships, but I don't know what my husband would do. So I started looking at their website and uh, realized there was a lot of options that he could actually do. I shared it with him later that day. And normally he's one to say no, but he was really excited. And um, it was probably a week later we applied in. Again, that was February 2020. So <laughs> it's been wow. a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what, what did your husband apply for? What position was he looking at? There were quite a few positions that he um, was interested in. Um, He didn't end up, none of the positions he was interested in were available at the time. So um, once we did find that there was something available, it was supply manager, which is something he's very comfortable doing, but not what he thought he'd be doing. I guess you could say it that way. Sure, sure. Well, were there any concerns for you as a mom, bringing your children into a developing nation? Um, Not really. Jeff and I are both very well-traveled and including developing nations. He spent um, time in the special forces in Afghanistan and Mm -hmm. I had been here before. Um, 
I think we realized how beneficial it would be. So any concerns that we had were kind of pushed aside. Uh, Mercy Ships has a lot of security in place. And so that was, if there were concerns, it would have been security concerns. And I feel like because Mercy Ships is, has been around so long, they've really done a good job at, at taking care of those. Hmm, absolutely. How old are your children? I have a 10-year-old girl a nine-year-old girl, and a two-year-old boy. Oh, fun. Oh, that's neat. Well, how, did you, how did you guys prepare for this experience as a family? Well, before we applied, we talked to um, our two oldest about it and showed them some videos and pictures, and um, they were excited, and they thought it would be neat. And so we started praying about it, and um, we applied. And it was quite a few months before we heard that we were going to be able to join. And so during that time, we really just shared with them, and we prayed about it, and we watched videos, we read blogs. And, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty easy as far as getting them on board. Oh, that's neat. They're at some great ages too, especially your daughters to really remember and experience what's going on around them, Right, which is neat. Well, you've kind of had an interesting start to your Mercy Ships journey because of COVID. And I know that has kind of changed your plans in some ways, but tell us (laughs) about that. And how did you kind of stay the course, even though your plans weren't going accordingly? (laughs) Well, like I said, that was February, 2020, we applied in May, 2020, we found out that, well, of course, March, 2020, everything went crazy. And, but still everybody thought, you know, this was going to be short lived, including us and mercy ships as well. So May, of 2020, they said, can you come? And we told them we needed a little bit more time. Um, They were ready for us to come in a month and we needed uh, (laughs) to sell our house and quit our jobs and tie up a lot of loose ends. And so we plan to join the training, which is the onboarding in January. Things progressed quite smoothly for us because we had no idea what was going on in the background. (laughs) We didn't know that um, onboarding was a go and then it wasn't a go and then it was a go and then it wasn't a go. Um, Thankfully, we didn't know about that until we got Mm -hmm. there and we heard some of the other stories of what was going on. You know, we knew that the the timeline was getting pushed back, but we were still on our timeline of January. It wasn't Mm -hmm. until after uh, onboarding that things started to get a little bit tricky. Um, We were set to join the ship in March of 21. And um, it was becoming clear with the restrictions the EU had placed on Americans traveling that was probably not going to happen. You know, we were still interested in coming and there were some strings that they could pull. But we we had a chat with the HR director on board and she was letting us know that a lot of the families were, were leaving because mm-hmm. once they announced that they were not going to go back until January, it was becoming a not so lovely place to be because of all the maintenance that was happening. Yeah. So we agreed to wait until the ship went back to Senegal. And um, when we made that commitment, we, th- we still thought it was going in June, but mm-hmm. uh, when we found out it wasn't going until January, we hoped we could get to the ship by the school year. That ended up meaning six months of living at the ISC in Texas, which was 
definitely not our plan, but um, was really beautiful. We were really welcomed um, at the ISC and they gave us a place to stay. It was actually looking back while we felt like, gosh, this is taking forever. We're in this waiting period. It was such a sweet time. Like Mm. our kids loved being there. It's a beautiful facility. They were able to ride their bikes and play with other kids. And so I think it prepared us a lot too for what was to come. We're a lot more comfortable now with not knowing. (laughs) Rug was pulled out from us so many times. We got pretty good at just saying, okay, God, you are good. We Mm. trust you. We know that you have our best interest. And um, we don't know what that looks like, but we're ready. (laughs) We're here. We're here for you. (laughs) Did you ever have a moment in the midst of that where you thought, oh my gosh, what have we done? We might never get on the ship. This thing could drag out for who knows how long. And we sold our home and rearranged our whole lives. Was there ever a moment of questioning? Um. There were so many uh, points in our time of waiting that were confirmation from the Lord that we were on the right path, Mm. that I never felt like we made the wrong decision, but I did feel sometimes like, I don't know what what you're doing here. You know what I mean? In terms of what are you doing here, God? Um, Because I know that you have us here and I know that we're doing what you have for us, but I don't know what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. At one point before we moved on to the ISC, we were waiting for a house to be available and we were in um, Florida and um, my family has a little condo there that we were able to stay in, thankfully. (laughs) And we went for, we still had our health insurance. So we went for our routine dental checkups and we found out that our oldest daughter had a dental problem that we had no idea about. Mm -hmm. And the, um, dentist there was that we ended up having to see an orthodontist and she was saying, no, you're going to need to be in the States for 15 months. There's no way, no possible way you can leave with this issue. So we're like, wait Mm. a second. We saw a few other people and it ended up being a non-issue. You know, they said you can wait till she's 12, but that was just another example of like, what are you doing here? You know, like while we had confirmation all the way that we were doing what he was telling us to do. We didn't know what it was going to look like. It it seemed surreal when we finally got to the ship and even more when we got to Dakar, like, okay, this is really happening. (laughs) What did that feel like for you guys, that moment that you drove up and saw the ship? It was in uh, Las Palmas. It had just come out of dry dock. We saw the ship from, from the road, from like the highway. And it was just crazy. I, it, it was such a weird feeling. It didn't feel real. You know, you always hear about, oh, when you finally get to the ship, when you get to the ship, when you get to the ship, we were so <laughs> sick of hearing when you get to the ship. That <laughs> when we finally got to the ship, it just felt so strange. And we met so many people on our journey And they got to the ship before we did. So they were all there to Mm. welcome us. And it was, it was really a special time to finally be there and see it for ourselves. Yeah. Oh, that's so neat. Well, how have you embraced this adventure thus far? I mean, you did mention that you just got to Dakar. Finally, y'all got to sail down (laughs) to Africa. But prior to that, you were an extended period of time in Texas. You mentioned Mm -hmm. the kids had fun riding bikes and then you were in the Canary Islands for a while. What are some things that you guys did as a family to Mm -hmm. just kind of embrace this adventure? Yeah. 
Well, when we were in Texas, we um, wanted to do a little bit more touring around Texas. Um, you know, we quit our jobs, so we didn't want to spend too much money flying everywhere. Yeah. So we still had our vehicles and we took a few road trips around to family in Texas. We went down to Big Bend National Park, which was always one of our bucket list items, you know, things that you just kind of um, get lost in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. You know, you always want to do it, but you just never make the time. And so yeah. we did some of those things. Um, the girls actually joined the Tyler swim team, which was really oh, special wow. because the year prior, their swim team was canceled because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So they got to do another swim team. And we have a lot of family in Texas. And so we got to see a lot of family. Um, I, my family always goes up to New York in the summer. There's a little cabin on a lake there. And we did not think we were going to get to do that last year. And we ended up getting to go and more of my family came than usual. So we had some really sweet times of memory making before we left. Um, mm -hmm. Once we got to the Canary Islands, it's like a tropical paradise. You know, it's beautiful. You kind of feel guilty being there. You're like, wow, this is like <laughs> black sand beaches and kite surfers. And I mean, it was just amazing. You know, obviously due to COVID, we weren't able to do as much exploring as we had liked to do, but we did take a week off of PTO and got a house on the island. And we were able to do a lot of really neat things there. Um, my husband and I both are scuba divers and we got to take my daughter out, my 10 year old out for her first dive, which I mean, wow. talk about spoiled, like what <laughs> 10 year old gets to do their first <laughs> scuba dive in Tenerife. You know what I mean? Right. And, um, and then we went up to the north side of the island. There's a lot of hiking up there and um, went out on a boat and, mm. you know, got to whale watch and that sort of thing. So we really made the most of it. Um, Tenerife was hard in some ways, but really um, a beautiful time. Yeah. Well, it's neat to hear how you were able to pivot through all of the unknown and all of the changes. And I think that's kind of a strength of a mom in a lot of ways is, you know what, you just got to <laughs> yes. keep flexible. Things yes. are always changing with children. And yes. I think it's encouraging and inspiring to other moms, you know, not on the ship necessarily, but just in life. COVID has thrown mm -hmm. everybody a curveball. And we've all kind of learned to just not hold on so tight, be a little bit more yeah. flexible, pivot and embrace yes. the adventure of where you're at. You know, yeah. we, just, yeah. we just don't know. <laughs> right. Absolutely. There's so much unknown. Well, it is an adjustment to then finally get on board. It's a big mm -hmm. transition to ship life and living in a cabin as a family of five. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about ship life as a family mm -hmm. and what is it like to all live in a little cabin together? <laughs> Yeah, it, it's been interesting. The Lord was good to us because we went from our nice, big, comfy Texas home, and then we slowly went further and further, smaller and smaller. <laughs> it wasn't as big of a jump to go from big to small. So our first cabin on board was a six-birth cabin, but the living room doubles as the parents' room. Which oh, I know. Challenging. I lived in one of those. Yes. yes. <laughs> so that was probably one of the hardest things, um, is not ever feeling like you have any place you can go to be alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm from a family of introverts and you know so you really had to plan if you wanted alone time and 
you didn't always get it unless it was in the bathroom. (laughs) But my kids have been really good about the transition. I think my girls miss having their own rooms, but Hmm. you're not really in your rooms that much. Um, That's another beautiful thing about ship life is the community. Uh, There's a lot of areas where they can be out of the cabin to play and There's usually always a friend to be found (laughs) to play with. It it also brings you closer to, you know, you're not hiding off in a corner doing your own thing all the time. You're really forced to love each other, right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, you guys are long last in Senegal, which that Mm -hmm. must have been so thrilling to finally see the day that you guys got out into the ocean and arrived in Africa. What are you most looking forward to now that you're there? You know, I really am excited to see the ship doing what it is supposed to be doing, doing what it's made to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, We have experienced four or five months of the ship doing maintenance and preparing but not actually fulfilling its uh, mission of bringing hope and healing. You know, I've had to remind myself of that through the hard times. Um, Sometimes you kind of feel like, am I doing anything here? You know what I mean? Like when you don't see the ship doing what it's meant to be doing. So the last couple of weeks I've been down in the hospital helping clean and it's just a really thrilling thing to see all of those dark rooms and rooms with medical equipment that's just been taped up and stored away in place. Um, I was making beds yesterday and it was really becoming real. Like this is where they will be sleeping. And I'm excited to see it at its finest because I don't think I've seen that yet. (laughs) It's been good, but it's not been doing what it's supposed to be doing. You know. Well, it is a whole different environment. Once the Mm -hmm. hospital is up and running, there are patients on board, a lot more crew on board, and it just is an energizing, exciting environment. It's intense, but it's beautiful and so wonderful. Yeah. Which is neat. How long are y'all committed for? We have a two-year commitment. Okay. So um, obviously things are a little weird right now because of the GLM and the transition. I don't know what it's going to look like, but um, we know for sure that we'll be here with the Africa Mercy in Dakar until the field service is over, which that was new news as of a couple weeks ago um, that the GLM would not be taking over this field service. So that was actually, I know, very hard for the GLM, but really actually freeing for us because we knew we are going to be here in this cabin on this ship and we'll be here until we're done. You know, it's going to feel like a really complete field service. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, Well, our original reason for looking for a mission to do as a family was so that they could see service. We wanted them to see us serve and others serve and um, be the hands and feet of Jesus. It's Mm. extremely hard in the States unless you're, you're very um, intentional to find opportunities where they can really see you serve and others serve. So being here, I hope that they can see what people look like and act like in a developing nation. 
and that they can see um, what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, It's an incredible experience for kids to grow up with a a different worldview because they've seen it, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now you are the primary caregiver, which means that you're Mm -hmm. kind of assigned to take care of the kids first and foremost while your husband is working full time. But you mentioned that you're a nurse practitioner. Are you going to be able to serve in the hospital at all? Or are you hoping for that this round? I do hope for that. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, I thought I would be able to work. It was, could my husband work? And now it's funny because yeah, maritime law requires that one parent be a primary caregiver. So that is me, which um, is awesome because Mercy Ships values families and they want parents to be raising their own children, which is really wonderful. But it does make it hard because I do have um, skills that I would love to share and utilize. And there are opportunities, but there's not ever going to be a guarantee for a PCG, um, primary caregiver. What what, uh, they have what they say is there should never be a PCG in a role where if they can't be there, then they're missed because, um, you know, let's say the kids are sick. Our primary role is to be with our kids. So Lord willing, maybe something will open up and then I'll be able to help out. Mm -hmm. That would be great. Yeah. In addition to that, a potential opportunity of serving in the hospital, what are you hoping to gain from this experience personally? It is hard to separate being a mom from that question, because my purpose and my goal in life is to raise my kids to be followers of Jesus and to love the Lord. And so, you know, to, to take that away from my answer, it wouldn't really be an honest answer because all that I hope for is that um, this changes them for the good and that they they can see the Lord and that they can come to know the Lord in a way that they wouldn't have known him otherwise. You know, selfishly, I'd love to do some service down, you know, medical type uh, work. But, um, you know, I feel like as I was going through that time, I think for every PCG, there's a little bit of a loss of identity because I, all of the PCGs here are professionals they're really amazing women and men. We have some, some dads in the PCG role, yeah. but again, Mercy Ships values the parent role and, and that is your primary job. And so for some of us, I would say most of us, there is a little bit of a loss of identity yeah. where we're not, uh, I'm not in anymore, Andrea, the nurse practitioner and, you know, there, she's not the hospital chaplain and he's not the HR director and she's not the nurse or the school teacher. We're, we're PCGs. And, um, so there's a bit of loss of identity there. Um, but as I was wrestling with God about that, I felt like him clearly saying to me, it's not about you. And when I heard that and, or felt that I felt so much peace because it isn't about me. It's not about what I do or could do or um, have the capability of doing. God has brought our family here, yeah. not not just me. You know what I mean? And so um, he has a lot to teach all of us. So one of those things is just resting in his plan and his purpose and whatever that may look like. Yeah. It's pretty neat that our God loves us so much and does create us all with a purpose. And sometimes we get distracted finding our identity in our title or our job or yes. our position. 
And God mm-hmm. says, I just want you to find your identity in me. You are a child of God. That is your identity first and foremost. So Absolutely. it'll be a, a wonderful experience to get to really live into that. And mm-hmm. I am sure that there will be a time when you get to go down and serve in that hospital because the need is great. And yeah. it's beautiful that you have those skills to offer. So mm-hmm. we're trusting that you'll get to do that at some point. But I'm so excited for your family. I'm so excited that you guys have endured quite a journey to get there. (laughs) A lot of setbacks, a lot of waiting, but what a beautiful thing that you are in West Africa in Dakar. And I think it would be great to catch up with you maybe at the end of the field service and hear all that, that God has done in your life and in your children and how this experience has been for you. So. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. And we look forward to catching up with you in the future. Sounds good. Thank you. Mercy Ships does value families, and there's a place for everyone on board. So if you're interested in taking your family on the adventure of a lifetime, then check out volunteer opportunities at mercyships.org forward slash volunteer. Next week, you'll hear from nurse Amy Jones and her incredible heart for the African people. You don't want to miss this open, honest woman as she shares stories from her time on board the Africa Mercy. 